Hey, welcome back to Breachburnt. Uh, we've got a guest with us today who's a specialist in the chaotic conductor, Molly 2. Uh, Chris from Maryland has joined us today. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely. So uh, our buddy Jim let me know that you managed to sweep number one in a recent tournament with uh, this this crew slash master that everyone says is trash, so... We're very curious to see uh, your strategies. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, uh, until recently, I didn't disagree with people uh, mm-hmm. about this master, but I think that in Gaining Grounds 2, I played her a few times, mm-hmm. and she just seemed pointless. Uh, mm-hmm. But in Gaining Grounds 3, where so many of the schemes require people to be in very specific places, be unengaged, and movement shenanigans just seem to have a lot more value... I kind of revisited her for those reasons. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. The first thing I want to tell people about this master is that she is not a generalist. Uh, You can't (laughs) just throw Molly 2 into a pool and expect to do super well. Hmm. Um, She struggles a lot uh, killing. Obviously, she doesn't exactly do a whole lot of damage herself. Uh, Her crew, like her five most expensive models in keyword are all defense four. Uh, she's got hard to wound, but that'll only take you so far against these crews that are, like, geared to beat you up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you have to really pick and choose where you put her. Um, things like Carve a Path, though, uh, she's fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. She can get so much movement. Uh, her parade route, it, it doesn't seem like the best ability in the world, and it's not, for being her, like, signature ability on her card. Uh, but the important things to remember about it is that it can go through terrain. It just ignores models and terrain, and she has the built-in trigger to interact. So on Carve, it is super easy to kick a marker three to four times on the first turn. Wow. And That's when, awesome. when you get things almost in your opponent's deployment zone on the first turn of the game, it can really change where their action economy is going to go. Uh, and that is really where I think that she is powerful. So, uh, so I do have questions. Okay, you go ahead. I have another. I, have I know there's going to be a lot. Yeah, <laughs> because I, I don't know how much you've listened to the podcast, listened to my complaints about this master, or uh, so. I, I, I'm first off. I'm curious, to just from a list construction standpoint, could you could you go over, I guess, what your core crew is, what you might flex, and why. Well, the, generally the core begins with just Archie and a cruel. Um, sure. Archie, for obvious reasons, he's always been a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Krulgan's crazy scoring power. Um, from They're there, the dynamic duo. Yeah, absolutely. They can get a lot done, just the two of them. Um, if I need to get quickly up the board, uh, I'll bring a Night Terror, and I do often bring uh, Nanny in the Voice or Philip, whichever one you want to call them. Um, sure. Together, obviously, their fading ability triggering off of each other. You can get both of them essentially a free walk for a discard of one card. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, it, it really depends on what the pool is. I'm a huge fan of Sloth. I absolutely love that model. Uh, being able to fast things at will. Uh, also being able to slow people to kind of gum up what they're able to do. With Archie, I mean, his his bonus action is just a free heal of three. Um, generally I tend to bring, uh, the carrying emissary a lot more than other people do. Um, the big problem the carrying emissary has is always that he can get engaged super easily Yep. and Molly can kind of alleviate that with that free push. Sure. Um, in fact, 
I mean, he can hand out poison to a lot of people with a focus shot, and then you can kind of get your totem in there to spread around the neurotoxins and just deny people the ability to do a lot back to you. Mm. I really like the Noxious Nephilim for Bring It. Uh, he's like a second string beater for me, but the ability to bring it uh, and pull people in with a stat of six is fairly powerful. Um, like a, a, a normal kind of first turn for Molly, for me, and I've talked about it before, is uh, obviously you're going to almost always staple the whispers to Molly. It's really going to set you up for what action is going to be your first action. Um, if you if you get the whispers and you see like low cards, you can parade route somebody on your own team, charge them, hit them. You're looking for a crow to get that deja vu, but then you're going to filter all those cards because you're going to be relenting against a hard-to-wound model. So you can just chew through weeks. Uh, if you see really good cards, you can instead activate her aura, which should always be the first thing you do every turn, her bonus action of Remember the Lost. Um, healing herself, healing the Noxious Nephilim is your first action if you see good cards. Uh, you're looking for like a 10 or a 9, preferably pros, but you can stone at that point because you know what you're going to draw. So I'll usually try to stack the deck so it's a weak card. I'll stone for the crow, a weak card. I'll cheat off the top of my deck to get the positive reinforcements off. Uh, I'll cheat high enough that I'll be able to draw cards. So then I'll just discard a card, deja vu, draw two cards, then draw another card off of her remembering the loss once per activate or once per turn. Uh, things like that is generally how I set up the first turn, but I'm going to fast the Noxious Nephilim with Sloth. I'm going to have it take the, the push for Molly by discarding with her Parade of the Dead ability on the front of her card. So he's going to go three. He's going to walk five. Uh, eight inches up, he'll use Bring It on Archie. Um, Archie will relent. Archie can only go six because he's moved four. Uh, he won't be able to swing back. So he's going to essentially get a free charge with no attack. Uh, then he'll bring it Molly up the board. She's going to go eight. She's going to hit him. Uh, the one damage that she should splash onto him from flipping four uh, and taking the lowest. The one damage that she splashes onto him will still get the three inch push because it's just built into the leading baton. So he essentially goes 11 inches up the board. So two walks a little bit better. He moves Molly eight inches. He's going to filter a card when he triggers his scent of blood onto Archie. Uh, and you're going to get multiple models very far up the field. Uh, just that alone is a lot of aggression. I've had people come out aggressively and then my last three activations are the noxious double bringing Molly and Archie. Then Molly activates uh, parade routes, Archie charges, Archie knocks him another six inches up the board. And all of a sudden Archie is moving 20 inches outside of activation and he's leaping into the back lines. Uh, that, that can be really tough. If you're getting in on like guild lawyers, these little support pieces that I think have become so powerful uh nowadays like uh in the tournament i had this weekend against uh, a very good player named nathan uh, he plays guild and i was able to get archie into his deployment zone on corner deployment onto a guild mage and remove the guild mage from the game and okay. good i hate those guys he had no idea that was coming from the fact that everyone was just sitting in my deployment zone so you're setting up an alpha basically uh, that is the main strategy I use. I try to be super aggressive with Archie. Um, there are other strategies that I've used before, and kidnapping is absolutely viable. Uh, I've used Jakuna Bume as an out-of-keyword pick. Uh, Molly can, again, charge her and hit her. Um, hopefully you're getting weak, so it gets reduced to zero with her incorporeal. Otherwise, you're going to take that vengeance hit. But I generally find it worth it to get her six inches up the board. Uh, then she can activate, and she can use her 
three inch free push with a card and then she's got a stat seven lore um, a lot of times people will leave models just poking out a little bit from behind cover if Molly can see them she can parade route them through the cover and Jakuna can pull them in twice and then once you're in Jakuna Bume's aura of hazardous I like to try and keep the noxious around her specifically because people want to focus and blow up Jakuna as quickly as possible uh, you can rancid smell making it so they have a further negative to attack uh, the Serene Countenance on Jakuna, and it just becomes very annoying for them to do anything productive other than walk towards the Noxious Nephilim and try and hit him. Okay. So, one of the issues that I've kind of had with uh, with Molly 2 comes from a, I guess, a crew functionality and the, the card problem that the crew kind of makes for itself with its fading abilities where the crew is kind of designed to discard cards for various effects. And they solve that problem with Molly 1 with how she draws cards. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you are, I guess, starved for cards with this version? Um, It it can come up. Um, Molly is really your only big refill of cards. And a lot of the time you're just filtering instead of refilling. Uh, So you have Mm -hmm. to be very, very specific about what fadings you're going to trigger, and you have to really plan ahead. Um, Sure. The big ones you're going to try to want to get off, obviously, are Cooligan and and Archie's is just naturally going to happen through flurrying. But uh, other than that, I haven't felt cards starved, unless, like, on turn three, if you don't get, like, a good deja vu. Her whispers, like I said, it really is going to dictate what you do that turn. Uh, if you're able to see the free crows to not have to discard to actually net a card and what you're actually trying to do with her. So she can come into that card starving problem, but her aura does help at least mitigate that a small amount. Uh, When you're out of cards or you're very low on cards, if you flip something low in an attack or something like that, there's no loss to cheat that once per turn. Sure. Because admittedly, like the way I played Molly one was very much like load up as many min three beaters as I could and then use her amazing card draw to just support that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know like like players like uh, like Cackle have stated that they feel that like Molly is a master that you tend to want to bring out of keyword stuff more often than you're in keyword stuff because of how that uh, that in keyword uh, functionality just sort of kneecaps you if you're not completely on top of your card draw. Mm-hmm. Um, do you agree with that? Do you think that's not necessarily true? Do you think it's like a play style thing? Um, I, I absolutely agree with that on Molly one. Um, the vast majority of the time, the only things I'm taking in that keyword are cruel against an Archie. Uh, mm-hmm. If I'm going to be honest, but I think Molly two definitely kind of railroads you into wanting to take more for keyword. Mm-hmm. That is by far the biggest problem I have with this card. It's not that it's not powerful; it's just incredibly restrictive. Um, sure, and like, have like, have you come up with like the issue of uh, like night terrors and their concealment aura? Like, do I, you have a? <laughs> I rarely take the night terrors if I'm going to be honest with you, unless I'm using them to essentially power up the board with Manny. I I just don't ever take. I feel see, like, like it causes feel... too many problems. Yeah, I feel like that's unfortunate because like. I never brought them with Molly one. I heard a lot of people like rarely use them in Molly one. And then, you know, you look at Molly two's card and it almost feels like it was designed to work well with them. Cause it can get absolutely bonkers movement out of them. Yeah, but... absolutely. It feels like it should be a really good combo where in mm-hmm. return, it's just a non bow that doesn't, it's going to hamper you more than it helps you. 
Sure. Uh, it, it's the same kind of thing with her positive reinforcement. The fact mm-hmm. that it gives a heal and a focus is awesome, but the best beater in your keyword can't get focused. Mm-hmm. So like I rarely use positive reinforcement on anyone other than Molly to bank that sure. focus shift she has to get through concealing later. And see, like in that case, that's where I'd like use it on like either the noxious or or the uh, the rogue necromancy or I use the salty sea devil. I, I use the whole nightmare versions of everything and I, I enjoy that model quite a bit. Um, so you're using, so just to clarify, you're using the crew more as almost like a, a alpha backlines, like punchy list with some, with some movement shenanigans. That is generally going to be what I'm trying to do. Um, I like to posture up the board a lot with my models, get up to the objectives. If it's doing something like, I'll just be honest with you. I, I'm not going to take this model ever in the, the Killy when cursed objects. Uh, I'm never going to take this. I did recently in the tournament just because I was soloing her and it was a mind twisting experience trying to figure out (laughs) how to do things and my, and the the significant totem being able to be killed is very difficult in that. And she just, Hey, that totem's kind of hard to kill though. Like I mean, I've had it. I love that totem. I I think toxins is wildly undervalued on him. Mm-hmm. and people ignore him so much that he can often just run off and get you a point or two by himself. Oh yeah. And like he, he hits surprisingly hard for a totem. Like I've had him absolutely shut down masters before. Um, I had a game where I played against Terra too, where the only option for kidnapping I made available was the totem. And so they took the totem. It survived the onslaught came out healed itself up and then like started smacking 33 and such, giving him poison Yeah, and just sat in his backfield and completely ruined his day. So like, I love that model so much. I, I can't speak enough to that. I, in my, the last round of the tournament, uh, I played against Damien too. Ugh. And I got him on Damien too, as my last activation where Damien only had one card in hand and I hit Damien mm-hmm. and gave him poisoned and he just stared at me. Because uh, he activated him first on turn two, and I'm like, you can't declare triggers and you can't use soul stones. And he was like, huh? And I was like, yes, uh, you have poison left over from last turn. And he was like, I don't know what to do. And I was like, yeah, I don't know what Damien does when he can't declare 15 triggers and just punch the thing to death. Yeah. <laughs> so I had so, a question. Yeah. You said early on that uh, you like to throw the car barkers up uh, real far up the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, ha- have you found that an issue with people throwing them back? Because, like, for myself, I don't typically throw the carve barkers across the middle line turn one. Uh, so ha- have you found that to be an issue? If you're throwing them off the board, you're get- getting them thrown back, or has not that not been something that... Uh, it hasn't come up much because I'm generally doing so much on the first turn, and generally people are trying to do the same thing. Most people are trying to get the marker kicked twice, uh on their first turn and they, if I, I can kick one marker twice and I can kick the other one three to four times. Um, at that point, if they're using their AP to kick something from their deployment zone, four inches back, I am perfectly okay with that. It's still going to be where I want it to be to score. And once, uh, Philip and the nanny are up in the middle of the board, chatty just becomes really irritating to try and kick their markers through. If, if she's near the marker and they want to kick it twice, they're probably going to have to give me two cards which can drain a lot of their resources. So then do you usually uh, throw the card markers up separately, like on either side, 
or do you throw one over to the other one so you're kind of moving them both up at the same time in the same general area? Um, I usually kick one to the side and then one straight up the middle. Okay. And I'm trying to get that one up the middle where I can get my models because, again, with Molly's parade route, they can interact even if engaged. Not that that matters for the marker, but it's a free move and a kick, so it's two AP and one action. So I can generally power mine through the middle faster than they can if they're dealing with, like, boring conversation and chatty and things like that and Molly moving models away. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was just I'm curious. I just haven't seen a whole lot of the strategy to throw them as far up the board as you possibly can. Have you had any issues with that? I haven't had any issues yet with it. Um, most people aren't expecting it, and they try to set up their turn to kick their marker multiple times using multiple models. So they don't usually have someone close enough to the marker to walk over and kick it again back into my deployment zone. Because I'm usually aiming for like a wedge to get it really far into one of their corners. And that depends upon where they set up and where I set up, things like that. So then, uh, other than the uh, Killy strat, is there any others you don't bring her in? Um, I think she has play into both of the other ones. Um, Both? yeah, both of the other ones. Any, Both of the other positions, Covert, Operations, and I can never remember the name of the other one. Guard the Stash. Oh, Guard the Stash? Uh, guard the Stash, yes. Uh, specifically because these are positioning schemes, you need to have specific models where you need them to be at the end of the turn. Uh, you need In one of them, you need them not to be engaged. And Molly is really, really good at misdirection with that. Uh, she can sell out models halfway across the board and parade route, they can take a free push and they can go eight inches outside of their activation to engage people. Uh, if you think people are moving up to try and engage you, it's just as simple as discarding a card to push out. Now, I mean, that's a resource, but it's just a free disengage, essentially. Okay. So your your games, uh, your, your tournament games then, mm-hmm. are there any uh, particular highlights or situations that came up with, uh, with Molly that... Uh, you feel kind of exemplifies why you think she is not total and complete hot garbage? Uh, yes, there are. Uh, <laughs> in the first round, I played against uh, Base One uh, in Guild, and he had a lot of traps on the field. And taking the parade route action on a trap to push it through other traps, killing it, and setting off uh, the, the duel that they often make with the bleeding feet trigger felt very satisfying. Uh, like I said, you have the Whisper on her always. So if people are trying to swarm you with little thing, rats against, like, uh, Hamlin, traps, uh, birds, anything like that, she's really good at clearing lots of little models out of the way and getting you value off of drawing when she kills them. Okay. Um, that was one of the highlights of the one, was pushing a trap through other traps and killing it. <laughs> Here first, Molly, Molly uh, Chaotic Conductor is the antithesis to Karai 2. Uh, I don't think I would like to play that matchup with it, <laughs> but it would be interesting to say the least. Uh, there are lots of things that I don't think you can play Molly into, uh, just master-wise. Like, she doesn't really do much to Hoffman or May 2 in any way. Mm. Like, her, her crew doesn't deal well with armor. Um, she has parade route to deal irreducible, but that is unbelievably situational. Honestly, in that situation, you might as well just bring Molly one. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, I think that they're a great complement to each other because I think the things that Molly one is not particularly great at, Molly two can help to make up for. Sure. Uh, Molly one, you get 
so much value. She can bring those killy crews to try to get in there and get your curses and bring more elite crews where Molly too, again, any kind of positional stuff, she is just great at it. So you don't feel that parade routes free interact is, is good for cursed objects, shoving a model up and having it toss its curse off onto somebody. Um, it, it can be, I just don't think it's good enough. Sure. I just don't think it's good enough because you're putting a model essentially up in something's face and you're giving its marker, but that model can't go immediately. Mm-hmm. So you're essentially passing back to your opponent, and unless they've gotten something, you know, within six of you that's already activated for you to do that to, it can just be very tough. Yeah, at least in a weird way, it's almost like you're you're forcing them to be slow because now they have to toss a marker onto you. Absolutely, and if you're playing a list like I am with, with Sloth and Nanny in mm-hmm. the voice, and they're just trying to slow as many models as they possibly can on the enemy they you just gum everything up and they just run out of actions. That's yeah, that sounds like one way you could try and solve the whole like cursed objects dilemma then. Um by slowing a bunch of things and then using parade route to push people up and you know, take your interaction, dump your curses and then laugh in their face. Yeah, but it definitely <laughs> puts the onus on them to decide what they want. Right. And I think that she's really good at doing that. She's really good at making the opponent make decisions immediately. Sure. Uh, like when you, when you throw something into, if you throw Archie into their back line or you kidnap something, even if you do that at the end of turn one, they have to make decisions on turn two. Like, am I saving this model? Is Archie this big of a deal? I have to deal with him. And I mean, she makes Archie just unbelievably tanky. Yeah. Just unbelievably and, tanky. And honestly, like there's the, like Archie himself, if you're set up, correctly and if you have the totem nearby can be one of the most difficult models to kill out there if you don't take them out in a single activation because like oh, you yeah. can pull the, you can pull that whole classic like oh they they got Archie down to one health and then the totem activates and runs up and then and heals them and slaps poison on somebody and then he you know accomplices into Archie so he has to discard a card so he gets a heal there and then he punches you three times and gets another heal and suddenly he's at max health again Oh, yeah, like, that's come up many times. Many times oh, yeah. Archie's life will go from two, three, and he'll be back into the nine, ten range by the end of his activation. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's the number of times, like, that has actually, like, completely and totally swung the momentum of the game is, is wild. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. So, do you feel that Molly 2 is legitimately competitive, or do you think you're just snowflake in it? Uh, I think I'm snowflaking it. Uh, <laughs> I think she's way better than people think she is. Um, I think she's probably in the bottom of the middle of the pack rather than, you know, by herself at the bottom looking up. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, pools that she can play into are limited. Um, mm-hmm. The Her crew, like, I've had games where everything is seems to be going perfectly and then someone red jokers the noxious Nephilim and the next thing I know he's dead. Mm-hmm. And there's just big swings sometimes. And I like the Noxious Nephilim, but you can never take him expecting him to survive past turn three. Oh, of course not. Uh, and his defensive trigger, drawn to pain, just never declare it. It's a trap. You're, <laughs> you never want to take that trigger. Um, well, I take him a lot in uh, Broodmother for the free corpses, and I found pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Where he, like, reads like a tank, but then does not play like a tank at all, so... Yeah, the first 
three or four times I put him on the table, I was like, he's got 11 life and hard to wound and mm-hmm. regeneration too. Why is he dead? <laughs> and I'm like, he's got, I look at his damage stat line. I'm like three, four, six, two inch melee. I have a mature Nephilim light here and yeah. I'm going to use it that way. And you, you just can't. <laughs> yeah. And regurgitate is I've used regurgitate one time ever on the noxious Nephilim. And that was just so Archie could throw the corpse at someone. <laughs> it, it did. It was just a thing I wanted to do. Like you should never take that action unless you're a never uh, that, that is that's pure pure swag. That points. is a hilarious mental picture. <laughs> yeah. Also, I mean, like the only the only other place where I see it being useful is dropping a corpse so somebody can like blasphemous ritual pulse focus out to your crew. Yeah, and if you were playing Molly one and you want to use her, remove a marker, draw two cards. It's got some mm-hmm. use there too if you don't want to use a like a cool again to interact and focus. But, yeah, which I mean that's probably just the better choice anyway. Yeah, I mean that, what else is a cruel again doing on turn 1? Yeah, it's it's, it's a glorified pass token turn 1. Yeah. And then you activate it a second time and then it goes and does things and you know it's running up there and like freaking ankle shotting somebody with a rusty knife and they don't expect it and it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, they don't expect this 5 point model to teleport up the field and hit them for 4 and you're just like, "Hmm, neat." It's a four-point model. Four, I'm sorry, four-point model. So, <laughs> so obviously, uh, you talk about the strategy you like to take her in. So, outside of the obvious uh, schemes, is there any like tricky schemes you like to take her or like to pick with her that you may not expect from Molly? Um, obviously, you know she, you got the Kruligans and her ability for them to take interacts out of activation. So, scheme marker dropping is obvious ones, but is there any ones that are not too obvious that you love to take with her that your opponent probably isn't expecting? I mean, I actually like taking secret meetup with her a lot uh, for the, just the reasons that she's able to move and manipulate people around the board. Uh, I know that that's not a particularly popular scheme because it asks a lot of you to do, but if the terrain piece is towards the middle, I absolutely will take it. Yeah, I think people are coming around on that, though. If you you have something like a lure, you know, it's it's a lot more doable. Yeah, and and parade route targeting an enemy can push them anywhere. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they can go through walls to get close to things. And then, I mean, she's really good at, like you said, any of the scheme marker stuff. Uh, She's great at catch and release just because Molly Krooligans are good at catch and release. Yeah, they're very good at catch and release. But there's there's nothing outside of what you would kind of expect her to want to take that I generally take. I've never surprised anyone with like assassinate <laughs> or anything like that. I mean, I have I have hit a model for six with her melee attack, but both me and my opponent were like staring at it just as surprised as each other. <laughs> like it was just a random occurrence of a single negative and two severes. I was like, so ha- have you done that to your own models? Uh, I'm going to knock on wood because I have not hit one of my own models yet. Uh, I try as hard as I can with the intuition from Whispers to plan when I'm going to punch one of my own models and try and make sure there's a weak there. Uh, I have hit them for moderate, but I have never spiked six to like Archie's head or crush the noxious or anything like that. I'm sure so in my next of, game I will. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of like uh, Cackle's ideas with like bringing uh, Hanged and such? Uh, I've played a hanged with her. I've never ran, because he and I have talked, and I, I've never run his list of double hanged and Manos. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
Yeah, 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 absolutely. I have. I, I actually, that was probably the one place where I was like, okay, this is okay. But then I was immediately like, but I feel like if I just ran it with Molly 1, I would have liked it more. So yeah, that's my problem with that list is that I feel like you could plug any support master right there and get similar results. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she gives the hanged, the hanged are slow and she moves them up much, much faster, but it's it's not really my play style to take a like Jack Daw crew and then just plug Molly into it. <laughs> that's that's not what I'm looking for when I'm playing. Uh, for that's fair. That's fair. And I, I mean, I'm sure it is incredibly powerful. I mean, the synergies are there for staggered and on wedge and things where she can get Manos or Manos can just activate and get the three inch push, the leap, uh, a walk, and a shot with his trigger built in to stagger everyone. I mean, that can be devastating. Yep. Yeah, I've done that with with a Jack Daw 2 crew, pulsed out, staggered to an entire crew, ran Daw 2 in, and just melted the entire crew, like, turn one. Oh, yeah, and if, if somebody <laughs> doesn't see that coming, like, they're, that is a blind side and a half, because your whole crew moving, like, three, two inches, and then somebody coming in and just being like, I'm going to eat all of you and draw cards now, is yep. just, it's very hard to deal with. <laughs> But Molly can't do that. So. so, so in that case, what what is Molly 2's greatest strength in your opinion? Like, if you could if you could condense it down into like a distilled essence of like this is the thing she does. This is like in contrast to why everybody thinks she's bad. This is this is where she's got her niche and her strength. What would it be? Uh, it would just be straight up positioning. Um, It is almost impossible to end an activation feeling safe where you are against Molly. Mm -hmm. She can move you around so much and you can take, like I've said, lures and then Archie can bowl you over and knock you. There's a lot of ways in her crew to just move people out of the way. And it is so hard to tangle up a model in her crew. Uh, I've literally had people surround Archie with multiple models just so that he can't get like a free three inch push. And that feels really good if you're Molly and really bad if people are just surrounding Archie. Sure. Uh, the, I mean, the dead rider is just incredible. Uh, I take it a lot with Molly too. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because again, it's just more movement stuff. He can reap people in and out. You can reap your own people way up the board if you want to. Uh, she can position him so that he can get his bonus off very easily. It's just, positioning is the game that she is going to be super super good at both positioning her pieces to score and positioning the opponent's pieces where they can no longer score okay and that is that is important this gg just like being able to dictate board state absolutely if you can if if opponent thinks they have a point because they have a model where it needs to be and you're using parade route to make that model walk through a building and now they're like i have no idea how i get this point that is game warping like if if you miss a strategy you're in trouble. Yeah, and it's—I mean, it, of course, it's, it's absolutely contextual because mm-hmm. you know it depends on the board, depends on you know the models and and everything. But like, you can, so long as you play it, I guess correctly, you can use it to absolutely kneecap somebody's plans. Oh, absolutely. That's what she's best at—is forcing the opponent into situations they never expected to be in. Either a model mm-hmm. walks up and it's like, "I'm gonna guard the statue," and like, "Actually, you're gonna walk five inches towards me." And they're like, mm-hmm. I didn't expect you to do that. And I mean, it's not a lure, so people know it exists, but you can use it very flexibly because it can move your models, it can move their models. And Bleeding Feet is, while situational, it has done a lot of damage for me. Okay. Um, if you take the, the Carrion Emissary 
and you drop coffin markers and then make them walk through the coffin markers. Now they're on the other side of essentially a wall from the rest of their crew looking at your crew and taking two irreducible. That's a pretty neat trick. Yeah, it's 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 good. And it's one of those things that's just really hard to see coming because usually mm-hmm. you're expecting people to just start spamming mindless zombies onto the field, but she doesn't get any value out of that. So I'll just try and block people up with coffins and then move them to one side of the coffin or the other, forcing them to take multiple actions to come back around. Sure. And like admittedly, like that was like how I used to use the, the emissary back in the day when I first started playing like Von Stuck was like, oh, he comes out, he toss out the zombie and then Anna goes and then she just like shoves it into your face from across the table and blows it up in the middle of your crew. Yeah, Von, Von Stuck uh, is also a, he's got a special place in my heart, but... Yeah, so like that 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 was like one of one of my other complaints that I've had with Molly Two was the direct comparison of parade route versus um, study, study of, anatomy. of anatomy, and how in my mind study does effectively the same thing, but with a little bit more flexibility. It, it's not as consistent in like the it gets the move aspect, but in terms of like the other bits. I found more value out of it. Can you can you comment on that? Do you think I'm I'm off? Do you think I'm like underplaying um, parade no, route or no? A study of anatomy is just a more powerful action, but it also requires setup. Uh, you've got to mm-hmm. have that scheme marker, and if you're trying to affect the opponent, it definitely is going to need that scheme marker. Right. Um, but they are they are similar, mm-hmm. but uh, I like parade route a lot less than study of anatomy, but I still like it a lot. <laughs> Let me say sure. that. Um, sure. And again, they, they just mean, have different strengths there. Like, if you're activating Von Stuck and you're just studying anatomy three times to get the teleports and things like that and focus or an interactive things like that, mm-hmm. um, Molly 2 can do the same thing. Right. Um, if you're targeting your own people, and I mean, I believe he needs a six for his target number yes. and she needs a four. Sure. So if you're playing that game, yes. I mean, she can't move and focus people. Mm-hmm. but uh, she can move people just as far and she needs a lot less setup to do it. Right. And admittedly, like f- five inches of ignores all the things while it moves is not bad. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's not bad. The only problem is the target number mm-hmm. and like conceal. If this model just had something like Misaki two has where she just ignores concealing I think sure. that, that automatically bumps her up and makes her more powerful because then you can bring in the night terrors to kind of give yourself a little bit of defense against shooting and things like that. But as it stands, uh, with what you have on her card, uh, it can be tough to get through concealing. Yeah. So on parade route, uh, other than maybe mm-hmm. first turn, do you find yourself using that more offensively against your opponents or is that more... On your own models, 50-50, how, how do you feel that you get a breakdown on, on how you... I use Parade Route about 50-50. I definitely, it's probably more like 40-60 using it on my own models. Um, I don't want Molly to have to, to win duels, essentially, is what I don't want her to have to do on her activation. Um, that attack action, you should only ever be hitting your own models. Um, this is where you're turning, like, ones and twos of crows into card filtering for Deja Vu. Um, parade route is really the only thing you're ever going to target an opponent. And it's going to be situationally dependent upon the board and what you need them to do. Uh, but I use it way more on my own models, like I said, because I'm not trying to force Molly. The more I force duels on my opponent, the more I'm using the high cards for Molly 
where I'm trying to save those high cards for like Archie or the Noxious or whatever other beater I've brought with me. So I think her strength is in targeting your own models and using weak to moderate to deja vu and move people around, things like that. Okay. And remember the Lost will generate you card draw. It, it won't happen like four times a turn, but you should always be getting a card draw off of Molly on her activation, and then it will randomly come up. Um, and you can cheat the damage with it. Uh, that's another big thing. You can get yourself to a flat. Uh, you can just cheat damage. If you flip a weak there, again, you're just... There is no downside to cheating the damage flip if you flip a weak. You won't ever draw a card off of it, but you will see more of your deck. You'll get moderate more often, and that can be a big deal. Absolutely. At least until you flip black and cry. Yeah, I mean, if you can ever get the black <laughs> joker into your hand, hold on to it until turn four. Because so much of the stuff on her card says once per turn or once per activation. Like that. Like I said earlier, that's the thing that bothers me the most about this model, is it's just how incredibly restrictive all of her abilities are. So, sure. I mean, so talking about having the black in your hand, do you find you're going through your deck most turns... Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're going to filter a ton of cards with this model. Um, if you're charging and hitting your own, like, Noxious and Archie, I mean, that's you're going to be relenting and flipping four cards multiple times in activation if you're charging both of them, or if you're charging hitting one and then hitting the other one next to it. You're going to see a lot of cards with this model. How, uh, how often do you find yourself using Leading Baton against your opponent? Um, if I'm using Leading Baton against them, it is Desperation. Okay. Like, if I have parade routed and I didn't have the Black Joker and I see it, then she's going to try and charge and get the hit to move people. But it is it is rarely ever going to be used on them. Like, I've, I've used it on them if, like, I literally have nothing else for her to do and she has a focus or they have no cards in their hand and I think I can cheat off the top of my deck and maybe get to that six. But for the most part, it's just like a positioning and filtering drawing tool for Molly. Yeah, and two-inch engage is always useful, too. Oh, absolutely. If, if you can keep people in, like, a, if you're playing Jakuna Bumet, and you can keep people in the two-inch engagement with her where their activation is walk, swing at Molly, and take two damage, it's just Oof. it's just very unfortunate for that. Mm -hmm. I love Jakuna. I do, too. I think that model is wildly undervalued for what it does. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree, too. Yeah. Um, the other two guys here are Neverborn players, so we both hate you two, Tom, right now, but that's okay. <laughs> well, I also have the Reser uh, models, too. So in that purple, there is a slight tinge of green. But uh, So then, um, where do you like to position Molly on the board, then? Is she, like, behind the center line, on the center line? Is she parade boot stomping all the way onto the other side of the board? she is generally going to try and find the center of the board. And this is going to be completely dependent upon how, like, the board state, because you don't want to just walk her up into the middle and be like, go with your whole crew. But uh, I generally try to get her at least a few inches past, the, uh, behind the center line on my side, where she can get the most value out of all of her bubbles of eight inches around her for people to discard and the remember the lost. And if you're scared of her dying, Archie is just an amazing bodyguard for her. I mean, Protected gets a lot of mileage uh, if you're just going to set Archie next to her. Uh, you can discard a card for Protected and trigger her fading loneliness to make Archie heal himself. So it becomes really hard to just beat him down. 
Definitely. I mean, it's definitely a card sink. You're going to if if people are throwing a lot of damage into her and you're using uh, you're protected a lot, you're you're going to run out of resources very quickly. But it's better than Molly getting killed. Yeah, I'd... and at least you can cycle health on Archie to try and keep him up as they're trying to punch through his eleven life and her eleven life. It just becomes very difficult. It's a slog. Yeah, I've, I've been playing some Zerada too lately in Sheen, and I've also been summoning uh, Manicat. You know, you gotta balance those cards between uh, you know protected. Uh, oh, absolutely. And again, remember the Lost is so powerful when no one has any cards in their hand. And if your opponent is cheating to hit you and you're taking the hit on people and you're both like one or two cards in your hand, the value just incrementally goes up. Yeah, definitely. Well, you did mention one other model that I think people underrate, and that was Philip and the Nanny. Oh, yeah. So what do you like about them, um, I guess? <laughs> so, I mean, people swing back and forth on them a lot. And I think when Philip and the Nanny are good, they're really good. But you can't just throw them up the board and be like, it's not like Zip. You can't just run and boring conversation and laugh. Like, if that mm-hmm. happens, she's going to get pounded into the ground. Um, the things I really like about her, I mean, Deadly Pursuit is obviously very powerful in this GG. The ability to push out and score where people weren't expecting it. Um, I, I don't think I've ever seen the, the focus bubble actually do damage to somebody. Uh, because generally, by the time she's up there, she doesn't have manipulative anymore, and they're just swinging for the fences. Um, so like this is this is like this is why I, I continue to believe that this model needs to have um, manipulative replaced with first to speak, mm-hmm. um, because I feel like it would just fix so much about this card. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it, the only defensive tech being literally the exact opposite of what you want to do with boring conversation is. It is real hard to swallow that you're, I mean, she doesn't even have hard to wound. There are not many undead that don't have hard to wound and are rocking defense four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. About to say like, hashtag, come on, weird. Give these forgotten models more than defense four. I don't would be. understand <laughs> why it's the minions that are all running around at defense five and everyone else is a four. Yeah. Like why, why is, why is the, the totem, the only enforcer, or, or better, that has better than Defense 4. Like, every model in this crew has Defense 4. At least every model that you want to bring, typically, has Defense 4 willpower. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I looked at Archie and Noxious's card, and I'm just smiling. I'm like, there are a lot of 4s on this card. Like, yeah. a lot. Hey, you know what, you know what yeah. a 4 is better than? Defense on bad jujus. Hey, at least that's that's one model, dude, and it's like willpower eight. So I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, willpower seven, sir. <laughs> I mean, I feel your Whoop pain. Whoop de doo. I mean, I think Philip and the nanny are fine. I, I really like taking them in certain pools where I know people are going to be trying to interact on me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and if my suggestion is, if you're going to bring Philip and the nanny, make sure you have stones. Because if you want to activate them early in the turn to boring conversation, they might as well just be painting a target on their back. Uh, mm-hmm. But Chatty in in this GG where so much action takes place in the middle of the board and you have things like leave a mark and people trying to spread them out and kick the can and set the trap. Like she can just drain so many cards just incidentally by existing mm-hmm. that I find her that she tends to be use it, worth it to me. So then do you find with okay. uh, Aura... And defensive tech on this card, you find that you 
are pushing her up the board with Molly and at what might be more appropriate time as another turn than popping the boring conversation just to get her in position so you can... Oh, absolutely. Like, uh, generally, Molly wants to get her up into the middle somewhere, and then you have to pick your spot. You want to wait for something very scary to go before you just willy-nilly throw that manipulative... And she should be in the middle of the board where she can be slowing multiple targets before she does anything. And I really, really like Dead of Gratitude, the trigger on the one more question in this GG. Uh, just It's just very, very good because there are so many schemes that require you to put down markers now. And they're generally going to be like touching terrain pieces in your backfield and stuff. And it can just be really irritating for opponents to have to pick those up. Yeah, I have that on... So this guy feels like a combination of Alan Reed and the false witnesses from Lucius, which is what I play all the time, but combined into one amazing action. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one more, question, one more is question is really good. Uh, even if you're not doing the damage, just putting slow down is super, super good. And then Dead of Gratitude is... It can uh, deny points that don't seem like they should be possible to deny. <laughs> Because yeah, it can I mean, be, it's just anywhere on the board, um, and if you are flipping for damage, that makes it a three-five-six damage flip. So, yeah, and it's and in it's the right either situation. Either or, mm-hmm. like yeah, they exactly. have to remove that marker or take, and if they can't, they take damage. So it's not like they can just choose to score points and take damage. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, another thing is if if you're bunching people up into like Jakuna's aura, or you're getting a lot of people clumped together, if you're getting that boring topic off and you're just making everybody take multiple slow duels over and over again, you're going to get a lot of their models slow. Yeah, I can definitely see that. But yeah, I think she is definitely one of those models that people look at, and they just disregard her because she's defense forward manipulative and wants to go early. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, if if going early was a boon to her, I would take her all the time. Yeah, because like, honestly, like I've never actually used this model. Really? And- Yes, and it's because I, I played Molly one a very specific way, and I did very good with it. But uh, yeah, it's just, it, it didn't play into my playstyle, and I just felt like the the model was so counterproductive to itself that I just couldn't justify bringing it. That is super fair. That is the forgotten keyword in a nutshell. When you look at their cards and their models, you're like, "Wow, this seems like it could be good," but half of its mm-hmm. card contradicts what it wants to be doing. Yeah, like like the the forgotten marshal. I've brought him like once or twice, and I feel like he's the. I don't know. I don't know if I want to say the worst summoner in the game. Uh, you can you can <laughs> say it. I will agree with you. I think like, he's like, awful. Like, um, like, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, that, that, that was that was my mindset. It's like it's probably between him and Asura. Um, I mean, at least he can summon models that don't like aren't. My, just mindless zombies, but at the same time, he he summons all his models in at like two health, and they they, they just die. Um, so yeah, like his summoning mechanic is just god awful. Yeah, I could I could explain to you all the ways I can't stand this model. Like <laughs> he's essentially a nine point model because you got to really put whispers on him if you're trying it's, to get that, and, and it's, it's required. And, yeah, and summons over the GGs have gotten weaker and weaker and weaker, and I'm like, I'm investing nine points into a model who I think is bad to summon models that I'm not going to bring in the first place. 
Yeah, like, <laughs> like, just like, like oh yeah. I'm just, it's like they come in at like half health at best when they and when they all have like freaking five health to begin with. They're coming at like two, maybe three health. And he's like, oh hey, I can I can discard a card so it can heal one. Yeah, what an amazing use of a card. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and you throw it heals one. Down, and it can't do anything the turn it comes in. It can't interact. Like, what are you doing with that cruel again? Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and again, it's like the best place for it is like, oh, I'm going to, you know, do it with like the Rabble Riser. And mm-hmm. it, like, it, it'll discard. So, so it, uh, it gains focus. But like, I never bring Rabble Risers. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've <laughs> thought about them with Molly too. Uh, just because you can possibly get three focused attacks off in a turn with them. Mm-hmm. But even then, I don't think I'm going to take a Rabble Riser. <laughs> yeah, and like the, the like the part of the issue I have with Rabble Risers is that they are, they're a, a, a model that is set up to basically be a little, a little beater in a crew that has arguably the most min three beaters in it in the entire game. Yep. Like the entire, the entire keyword is built up of like not so tanky min three beaters. And it's just super odd to me. <laughs> right. Like why is this minion's job to hit things? Like I've got Archies and Necromancers and why is he stat five? That is yeah. the, one of the things that always bothered me that he is a six point model where both of his actions are stat five. I can tell. I can yeah. tell you why he's defense five. He's so much smaller. His hitbox is smaller than Archie and the Necromancer <laughs> or the Rogue Necromancer. He's just that. Just a smaller hitbox. Yeah, sure. I, uh, I have only ever put this thing on the field when I summoned it, and I've only ever put the Forgotten Martian on the field once. So yeah, I've I've tried it like once or twice, and like I, one of, one of those games, I didn't even get a summon off because I just couldn't get the yeah, card I needed. That's that's the problem is if you don't see it with whispers and you don't draw it, you've just got a nine point model that's shooting a peace bringer twice with crit strike not built in. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, wow, this this is not this is an Archie point model here, ladies and gentlemen. So I under, mm-hmm. I never understood also on the Forgotten Marshall why why his four inch aura to discard a card to heal. One on summon model is a French aura when in base contact with him. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, I guess uh, if you took him out of keyword, like McMorning or Karai, but also, why are you healing those summons? I mean, it'd be neat if, like, the aura was just, like, instead of, uh, like, specifically affecting his, his summons, if it was just a four-inch aura that said once per, activa- once per activation a friendly model can discard a card to heal one. Like, that'd be neat. Well, another thing that I have a problem with a lot of this keyword, including him, is that he doesn't have a fading ability. Yep. And that is, like, very obviously the keyword's main attraction. Mm-hmm. Like, Which, it, it, in my opinion, is almost, like, its biggest issue, too. Because there's no card draw in the crew outside of Molly. Yeah, and, I mean, these are all really cool abilities, but when your cards are a very valuable resource, and when you're pitching a card to, like... With Archie to heal, you're, that's naturally going to happen with Flurry. That's a thing you're just going to do because it's great. So mm-hmm. it's it's like a little added bonus. Like, like in my, yeah, in Archie's situation, it is the perfect example mm-hmm. of of a good fading ability because it, it works into exactly what the model wants to be doing to begin with. Yep. It benefits it in a tangible way, and like yeah, like I don't mind you know pitching a card to do that because it's it's what he wants to do. Um, and that's why so many. Molly Crews are going to start with Archie and Cruel again because both of their discard abilities, whether it's 
by your side or flurry. You're just naturally going to do throughout the game. Mm, absolutely. And that is how I think they should all be designed. Yeah. But a lot and, of them... And, like, I, I will say I do like Molly 2's fading ability. Absolutely. Absolutely. I do like it. I do think it's great. I actually personally think I like it more than Molly 1's. Um, yeah, and, like, I, I feel like that. they're... I feel like there's an incredible amount of potential with Molly too. Like I like I only I only criticize return not returned. That's a whole thing. I like <laughs> I like return. I only I only criticize forgotten. See, uh, it's living up to its uh its name. I only <laughs> criticize forgotten because I love it so damned much. Um like like all the, all the guys around here know that like I was the Molly guy that just soloed Molly at tournaments and won. Like she was the thing I just played all the time. She was my comfort pick. I love her to death. You know, um, I just hate the fact that I never wanted to play half of her keyword. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, I feel the exact same way about me. Uh, she is the master that I am by far the most comfortable putting down. And she's mm-hmm. also the master that I'm going to leave her keyword at home. <laughs> I mean, that's just the sad fact that when, when I play Molly, even Molly two. I'm I'm generally bringing at least two models of keyword with her. Yeah, and I and I gotta I gotta apologize. This is supposed to be the episode where we talk about how how chaotic conductor isn't terrible, and we transitioned into our our <laughs> gripes with the keyword. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what's the, what's wrong with forgotten soapbox? What what uh right, what, right. what out of keyword models are you typically with uh, Molly too? Um, the big ones for me is I really like to take sloth. I really like. I mean, it's like the all stars for the faction uh sloth the dead rider um, sloth just does so much i find that in the post malifo burn worlds there are a lot of models that are healing a lot mm-hmm. like i played against a maxine two player in the last tournament where i played sloth and i was handing out sin tokens left and right oh my god like he was just standing in the middle being manipulative and just handing 15 sin tokens out every time Maxine activated. That's hilarious. That's bonkers. And I mean, I like sloth a lot. I think he's got a lot of awesome abilities on his card. I really, really like to bring him because he attacks willpower with his melee attack. That is very Mm. rare. And I feel like there's a lot of models now that have the six, four stat line where their defense six willpower four. I'm looking at like bow Fishbacher right. on that situation, and I love mm-hmm. that he is an answer to that, where the rest of the crew is swinging at parity with them at best. Mm-hmm. And again, that resting in the blues is so good. Just a, a ten inch no flip heal three gain slow. Uh, that would be really good fantastic. on Archie. I just absolutely yeah yeah that, yep, that's fantastic. He, he on just Archie. gets three. He just heals three and keeps going about his business. And ten inch range with no flip means it's going to happen. Yep. So have you have you considered bringing like the valedictorian? With Molly too. Uh yes, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I consider taking the valedictorian with everyone because she <laughs> is just an incredible beater. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got a lot of. She will bring card draw herself with studied opponent. Yep. Uh, stunned on a stick is always good. Uh, when yep. valedictory is good, my friend who I play a lot likes May too, and I find that if if he declares Arcanist against me, I'm I'm just plugging the valedictorian in. Sure. Like just to walk up and just like pulse out, remove a crap load of scrap markers. Right. And she may too feel super, super safe in her landmine field with sparks. And when you take that away, like the panic in their face when they realize they can't just reduce all damage to zero, 
is very <laughs> satisfying when you charge them with the valedictorian. Like, admittedly, I haven't actually had that ability come up to be that relevant, mm-hmm. um, but I just don't play against a lot of the crews that specifically spam corpses and, and scrap. Um, so I tend I tend to just use lecture notes and on-your-heels people and, you know, do all that, you know, basic, I run up and punch you a bunch of times deals. I but mean, yeah. uh, you cannot but, you cannot downplay stat 7 stunned. Yeah. But, uh, like, at the end of the day, though, like, if you bring her with Molly, too, this is another one of those models that you can shove up the board real far early on. Hell, I mean, if you're if you're also running Sloth, give it fast, pull off mm-hmm. the old classic valedictorian alpha. Oh, yeah, I think you're then, back in <laughs> GG Zero von Stutt days. Yeah. yeah, which, I mean, you can still kind of do now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, if you got if you got Val and, and Archie running up in there, punching you three times each, I mean, that's, that's not too bad. Oh, absolutely. And if you need a tankier option then Archie, like, if, if your opponent, like, if you know they're on, like, Nakima 1, mm-hmm. like, you can bring the Valedictorian and plug her, and she's infinitely more tanky. Uh, I, w- I mean, she uses stones, so that just makes her harder to kill, and once she's in there, she's in there. Sure. Like, uh, unlike Archie, who can leap out if you need to, she goes in and she stays in until she either goes down or there's nothing left to fight. At least that that's yeah. my experience with her. Yeah, I mean, like, hell, I... There, there was a game where I played where somebody actually brought uh, Asura, and Val basically 1v2'd Asura and um, the Grave Golem, and just that was what she did that, that game, was just punch those two until they died. Oh, absolutely, and that's that's one of the great things of Molly, too, is you can take any scary beater and essentially say, I can shove this in your face whenever I want to. And that can be very, very difficult to, to deal with. Like, uh, throwing the Dead Rider in on turn two, getting injured on everyone, and then having him swing a couple of times, followed by an Archie coming in, and some and the Noxious, like, that's a lot to deal with. And you still have your four-point Krooligans running around the back, scoring points, and like I said, she's really good at gumming up the lines with models that can be really hard to take down. Absolutely. And like I said, even if you start to get in trouble with these models, like I said, the Valedictorian goes in and it's there until it dies. It can get out with Molly. That free three-inch push when you discard a card at the beginning of your activation is unbelievably powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, that is, in my opinion, the best thing on the front of Molly's card. And I mean, like, admittedly, like, Molly, too, like, when she when she parade routes people, they pulse out for, like, damage and crap, too, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, everyone within two inches of the model has to do a 13-move duel or suffer two damage. And yeah, so you're you're just announcing your your presence with some hand pressure. Yeah, and this is why I've taken Manos with her several times because mm-hmm. he can shoot people, pull staggered to them, and then you can just push them around each other with minus two to their movement, trying to hit a thirteen duel or take two. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, Manos is ranged, pulsed out, staggered is such an enabler for so many crews. Absolutely, and and when she you've got her attacking movement, forcing movement duels, it just it compounds a lot of what you're trying to do. It just becomes super difficult to even resist parade route when you become move three. So, that, speaking of staggered, have you run into an issue that is giving out quite a bit of staggered, or has that not come uh, yes. up yet? No, I in one of my first games I played into Jackdaw two, and when he got up and in my face very quickly. Uh, I didn't expect his to be quite so aggressive because I was trying to be very aggressive and he got staggered on Archie and the noxious Nephilim and it really reduced my ability to do anything with Molly. Um, 
and that is if I can if you if you know you're playing against Molly too, staggering her models is devastating to her uh, because so much of her value is free pushes and hitting them and parade routing them. If she can't freely move her models around the board, it it really hamstrings her game plan. Uh, the other side to that is if people are coming in aggressively trying to stagger you, you can just beat them down. Like, we, we've we already established that she can bring a lot of min 3 beat. Oh, yeah. In keyword. I mean, the, the Noxious, as much as I've said, I don't expect him to live. I mean, I've taken him specifically just for matchups like Zareda, where I played against Zareda and she's got multiple Slurids. He is one of the few models in faction that can just one-shot a Slurid. I mean, Fair. Severe 6 is very... And, I mean, obviously, Archie can if you hit the Severe, but he can't focus. So, I mean, the Noxious has uses outside of Bring It. Uh, when you need that 6, it's always there for you. I mean, admittedly, I'm also, like, a big fan of the Rogue Necromancy myself. Um, I I just really like that model. Um, the number of times... I mean, hell, um, when I played against Scott here... Um, the first time, or I think that might actually be the only time we yeah, played. Yeah, only time. Um, he, he played Titania into me, and I ran this sucker up there and bounced it back and forth between Titania and, like, his uh, emissary. Mm-hmm. Just smacking them both a whole bunch. I think I killed the emissary. Um, and the, like, just the number of times I've got that, that, that pouncing strike off, like, multiple times in an activation, just bounced back and forth between two miles and just actually shredded them. Oh, yeah. Is one of the most satisfying things in Malifaux to me. And honestly, I can't get over how just hilarious projectile vomit is. So, I mean, this is a complete random tangent, but I have built McMorning 2 lists where I'm just trying to do weird things with McMorning. Like, I one turn I'll staple projectile vomit on myself and just have my master try and puke three times on people. <laughs> Not that it's a greater thing, but like, I think the rogue necromancy is he's a frustrating model to me. Um, okay. The reason I get frustrated with him is while I can't, you can't complain about any of the actions on the back of his card. I struggle a lot with the front of his card. Uh, his fading toxicity is really good, but like most of the time for ambush, I don't want to discard the card mm-hmm. and ambush. Like he needs to be in concealing terrain, but he doesn't ignore concealing terrain. Like, so you can't shoot through things and like he, he can block himself up a lot. Um, and I've had people ask me if I want like Molly allowing people to take other like fadings and nanny being able to copy people's fadings. This, this is one that nobody yeah, wants. <laughs> like this fading is specifically only for him. And I mean, you can get a decent amount of poison on him quickly. I just find that he is so terrifying that he becomes a bullet sponge very quickly. Yeah, and, and admittedly, like, I only really ever used Ambush, like, turn one to get some extra move up, or um, if I needed that extra extra few inches just to set up a uh, a, a charge. Because, mm-hmm. like, I, I wanted the thing up in melee punching things with its stat six with a frickin' plus built in. Like, oh, yeah. like the, number of, the number of times I've just melted, like, Serene Countenance models with that just because is amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, you cannot downplay his attack enough. And like you said earlier, pouncing strikes will get you into bizarre places where your opponent was like, oh, my totem's safe behind this wall. And you're like, nope, I'm a rogue necromancy. Ha, you thought. <laughs> yep. 
and I mean, those things are great. And I do use it. I've used it with Molly too a couple of times. But mm-hmm. if I can't, my problem is, it's if I'm not using, if I'm just going to card for ambush and for the three inch push, he is eating two cards to go six inches. And while he's getting poison four, I mean, I look at other models like Archie and things like that. They they, they just get a little bit more mileage out of that. Yeah. Um, I use the Rogue Necromancy. Well, I did use it quite a bit with uh, Seamus too, but I don't usually take this with Molly. If I'm going to be honest with you. Sure. I mean, I I used to bring it all the time with Molly one, um, but I like I said, I've I had a very particular list that I would use with Molly one, where I I liked it quite a bit. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if I was playing Molly one, I would probably I I just like to take as many beaters as I can with Molly. Yeah, because like I I would have like the rogue, I'd have the dead rider, I'd have Archie, and like sometimes I'd bring like Hannah. You know, mm-hmm. but like I also count Molly one as a min three beater because the number of times that I've managed to just melt models with disturbing story when they just oh, yeah. weren't expecting it. Like I, I had somebody throw their their um their rail golem in my face and I'm like, ha, it's dead now. And like, wow, that was terrible. Right. Like you should probably read the irreducible part of that ability. It's like, whoops. Yep. I mean, I've uh, against uh, I played Jim. Uh, dice man in a tournament mm-hmm. where he i was playing molly one and he was playing nakima two and he sent a mature nephilim in and it was its only job was to hunt down this cruelligan on turn one and it got there and it killed the cruelligan on turn one and he was like that felt pretty good and in return i just disturbing storied it over and over and over again until it was dead yeah and, and it's not really hard to do no and he was like i don't know how i feel about this as a trade now and i was like i i can't answer that question because i'm okay with it so hey, bud, I feel great. So yeah, I mean I that's mean... an ancient pack nephilim gone for one of my two cruelligans. Well, I think no, I only had fine. one cruelligan. Yeah. Sure, sure. But yeah, I, I think the rogue necromancy is not bad in Molly uh, too, especially because her heal—he is probably the best target for her healing ability uh, to oh, get yeah. him back above the hard to kill, giving him free focus and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't like to take. Like, I find it very hard to take three defense four big beefy models. Yeah, like, Molly 2 doesn't have doesn't have enough draw for it. Like, she yeah, doesn't she have really the draw doesn't. necessary to support them going in and putting in the cards necessary to actually make use of their, of their attacks. Yeah, so much of hers is more card filtering than card drawing most of the time. So, mm. like, I generally am trying to get a hand of three or four severe so that I can just throw one model like Archie or wh- whoever the beater is of my choice. I want to throw them in and be super impactful. Um, the more beaters you take, the more you spread those cards thin and then people start missing and things like that. Sure. So is there uh with the uh, Molly two, is there any like matchups or especially like, let's say someone or born or something like that. Is there a faction you would a double, uh, double think to, um, I don't like playing her into guild. Just leadline coat is you're almost guaranteed to see it twice, and it's and going guns. To, yeah, and it's going to be yeah, and guns, and you're like you're gonna want to move something, and it's going to have leadline coat, and it's going to be a problem. Um, and for the same reason, like I, I don't generally like playing her into thunders either because they have a lot of laugh off models. Uh, but other than that, there aren't any masters that are super terrifying for me to play Molly. I think she, on average, is going to fight anyone uh, about the same. 
So that, then I would, if you're, if that's one of your main uh, concerns, I'd watch out too then for the Neverborn, just for the fact that they can bring a lot of planted roots and you won't be able to Uh, uh Yeah, I definitely have played against Zareda, uh, and it was Covert Operation, and she took multiple Waldgeists, and it just became very difficult to get them out of her. But if you're also bringing out a Min 3 beater, Waldgeist yeah, don't stand when, up to Min 3 beater. Absolutely. That's when the Noxious Nephilim really shone through in that Zoraida game because I was just kept feeding him focus and saying, I can't move you, but I can hit you for six. Yep. So much. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, armor one does a little bit, but when you're spiking fours and sixes on the damage on them, yep. they just go down. Yeah, cause that... yeah, and let's not exaggerate the number of planted roots models we have in Neverborn. I think it's like two. Well, <laughs> if you bring three wall guys, you could have four. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. And also, too, then you have to worry if you're something like that, that you know, especially with Titania, who 90% of the time usually brings the emissary, uh, the emissary can uh, put out quite a bit of staggered. He has a trigger, and then you're getting blasts, and he could easily give out staggered to, to three models a turn. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, anything that can give out staggered reliably, uh, so you really, like, again, positioning is super, super important with Molly. Uh, because most of her actions are stat 8, uh, and her auras are also, or, I'm sorry, range 8, and her auras are also range 8, you you just kind of want to be in a circular bubble around her. Because like you said, there are lots of models that can blast onto you and do bad things to you, uh, especially giving out staggered, and like you said with the MSR, putting you in the difficult terrain, the dangerous terrain, and that is a huge pain. So you really, really need to spread out with her. Uh, blasting is another big issue, because so many models in her crew are defense four. Uh, if they have a way to get through your hard to wound or they've got focus or anything like that, it can be very difficult uh, to not get blasted on. So seeing as Molly 2 is such a dark horse pick, um, <laughs> d do you think that she has any sort of like secret tech to her that might be able to disrupt some of the, the big boy like top top shelf masters out there that they are not expecting like any any sort of tech to deal with like your 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 next kid botanist cancer lists or or your uh, your damien lists or any any of the any of those you know top end crews right now um i think that she has a lot of play into damien uh specifically okay. damien too um he relies so much on house the soul models um, and he, he just, I, every time I've played against him now, which is only twice, he's always had at least two of the gammon. And a lot of people like to bring the cross faction model. I can't ever, I can't remember the 10 Thunders witness models name. Mia. Yes. And they like to try and spam the, uh, jinx through their stones and Archie deals with gammon very, very well. Um, like I said, in the tournament, I played a Damien 2 player in the f very last round, and I killed all three of the Gammon by turn by the end of turn 2. Archie got yeah. one on turn 1, and then he got the other one on turn uh, 2, and she brought the other one into the middle of the board and killed it. And when he has to... When he doesn't get all of those free cycling of cards and his configuration gets messed with at the end of the turn, it does definitely not make him happy. Um, getting poison on him, like I said, with neurotoxins, her totem is very good at that, and Damien doesn't particularly punch great into armor, so her totem can go up there a little bit more. 
Uh, the totem is a dark horse with her also. Like, that thing gets so much value out of the, the ceases advanced with her because you're going to be cheating off the top of your library and you're going to be pulling a massive amount of duels on your opponent. So I would say at least two or three of the turns, he's going to get ceases advanced. And then also another uh, thing, unless your Damien opponent is holding like that card. Of, uh... Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, I don't think Damien likes to see Neverborn or uh, Resurrectionist in general. Uh, big health pools and hard to wound are not something that he particularly likes. Um, lots of movement. Like, I, I mean, I can't understate enough how much a lot of Damien's crew likes to just kind of hang back and let him do the heavy lifting, him and Lohith. And if you can throw models past them, I mean, you, you just kind of have to understand that Damien is going to do Damien things and he's going to kill stuff. But Molly's crew actually makes it fairly difficult. You have a lot of healing yourself and you have the ability to get to those weaker models that kind of want to stay in the back and deal with them. And, I mean, I've had uh, Marco Bonatti taken against me, and he has Ink Fingers, and I'm planning on having no cards at the end of the turn anyway. Uh, like, that's a big thing with Molly. You should be using every single card, because every single card is, at, at worst, a free three-inch move. So I think she's got a lot of play into Damien, uh, mostly because she's very good at getting into the back line, and she can manipulate his models around the board uh the other ones like the other big masters that people are generally afraid of i don't think she does particularly well against yanlo too um there's nothing really on her card that's going to help her against yanlo too getting a three inch push for each model makes them harder to gauge but like nothing she doesn't deal with the dogs particularly well like molly two or molly one can at least do some irreducible damage She's not going to do a whole lot. And if you're moving the models around, you're giving Yanmo free places and things like that. So, and I already said, I think she's not particularly good into Hoffman. Uh, she doesn't deal with armor. Uh, but if you're trying to slow, like a, a way to deal with Hoffman would be the slow spam and then just moving his models away. Um, if they're using activations to try to walk towards you, you can try to attrition them that way. But I think another one of her weaknesses is she doesn't deal with particularly powerful masters very well um the big things that people are super scared of she is going to struggle against um but if she's in the mid-tier range she can absolutely hang with anyone well i noticed that you didn't bring up neverborn there but you also mentioned that she doesn't deal with strong crews well so i'm curious where the disconnect is there um So I have very little experience into Neverborn. I've only played <laughs> Zoraida a couple of times. I've played Nikima a couple of times. I've played Lucius once. Okay. Um, there's definitely things I don't want to go against in Neverborn. Um, <laughs> but I think she does fairly well uh, in the Neverborn matchup. I'm trying to think of any masters that particularly would give her a hard time. Probably Titania too. So Titania 2 can be can be very difficult, but um, she does a lot of movement. Like, the, the Autumn Knights get a lot of value off of being somewhere and having parry. Mm-hmm. And the ability to target their movement and just make them go away, or at the beginning of your activation, if they're trying to tie up a model, it just gets a free 3-inch push away from them. Sure. Uh, I think that that really helps uh, reduce the value that the Autumn Knights are going to get, because... I, I see them as champion upgraded tie up pieces. Yeah, well, and the and other really thing, like, 
is that uh, you can shove the knights into severe terrain and they don't ignore that. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, if Even she's that, putting yeah. markers out all over the place, you can get the bleeding feet to just walk them through their own markers and take two, three irreducible damage. Uh, and Molly has a lot of ways to get around markers. Uh, like, trying to gum up your deployment. Like, I mean, Archie obviously has Leap, Cruelgans can teleport, everyone can just take a free three-inch push, the Noxious has flight. Um, yeah, I mean, the the thing that scares me most in Neverborn would be something like Zareda, someone who I can't outvalue on cards super easily, and Obey can just be very, very bad when you have a lot of really strong beaters who are willpower four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I only asked that because uh, I don't know how to deal with Molly and Neverborn, so <laughs> purely a selfish question. And that's fair. I mean, my experience putting Molly 2 on the table is I've only had one opponent who could name an ability on her card that wasn't Arcane Reservoir. <laughs> like, when yeah. you put her down, most of your opponents... Like, I played against a Vix, uh, someone playing Vix 1, and on turn 2, he just stopped in the middle of an activation. He said, why are you playing Molly 2? <laughs> <laughs> and like I couldn't I couldn't give him an answer to that question other than I was practicing her but he was like I, I don't for understand for this response yeah he's like I don't understand why Molly too it's because I'm a sadist I want to hear your confusion it gives me fuel yeah and I told people at the tournament <laughs> I am going to solo this until I think there's no hope or I find something that works it's the same response James gets with Lucius 1 on the team why Lucius 1 you know one? I was going to say that but... <laughs> I don't understand that pain, but they're, they're different pains, I guess. Yeah, that that uh, confusion of the opponent as to why you pick it and then clean in their clock is basically the ideal game for me. So I would love to play a really good Lucius player, because I want to see what it does. Well, I've, I'm not one, so <laughs> if you find one, let me know, specifically the Lucius one. Well, you, I mean, you also refuse to like play it without a keyword stuff because you think it's scummy. Everybody yeah. knows you run with two matures, and yeah. that's just what you do. That's, de- 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 that's degeneracy. I mean, look, I'm a. I try to be a purist, also like that. Like, I I love playing in keyword, but mm-hmm. same. When you're when you're putting a master on the table, and before you write a list, you're punching up regardless of who they put against you. You you've you've got a. Take what you can get, you know? Yeah, sometimes you just need to find your own ways to break things, all right? Yeah, absolutely. And maybe Too Mature Nephilim is breaking Lucius 2. Or Lucius 1, I'm sorry. I, I said that. No, that's okay. Uh, but when I play Molly, like, I know, like, no matter what they put down, I'm at a disadvantage putting this master. Mm. Like, just card for card, she is not going to outbeat somebody. Uh, her movement tricks, while cute on their own generally can't win a game but when you combo her with a lot of the models she can take and strategies it like she comes with weird angles of attack and and i have kidnapped models and moved them 16 inches across the table and my opponent will like ask to read the card and be like how did you move me through that wall <laughs> and why, why does this work and i'm like i don't know I'm not sure why she's doing the things she's doing. And <laughs> that's why, like, when people ask me, well, what's a general Molly activation look like? It's very hard to answer that. Uh, because she might be charging my own model and hitting two of my own beaters twice to try and trigger deja vu. She might be parade routing three times to try and scatter things. She might be 
on healing duty. Like, but she has the option to do all of those things. I mean, like, that's very difficult for some people to conceptualize because a lot of people and a lot of the strong masters are very, like, straightforward in the sense where, like, what am I doing with this? I'm doing this, this, and this every single time unless it's turn one. And when you have a master like this where it is, I don't want to call it toolboxy, but it's just incredibly, like, contextual to the situation, what the best, like, course of action is besides moving and hitting something. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's when you that's when you have people fall off quickly. Like that's part of the reason why I think like Maxine won like has seen so little love up until more recently is because it's just one of those masters where like nothing on the card specifically like kind of sticks out as being like that hot shit. Yeah, absolutely. That you want so where I was like I want to do this three times every time because that is that's it, you know. Um Yeah, like I think no Molly signature. 2 falls into that. Like, there's just right. signature ability that really wows you on her card. Mm-hmm. I mean, her heal, I mean, a 1-2-3 heal that gives focused and has the potential to filter two cards is actually pretty good. Uh, I mean, a lot of, the, I think everything she does is good. I just don't think there's anything that, like you said, wows me or I look at it and I'm like, this is great. Um, yeah, I'm right, having the same right. issue with Zerated and she's got it and cut the same she can just do so much out. It's like, yep, this is the action I'm going to do. This, and it's going to be awesome. And models are going to die or, or they're going to be stunned and injured five. So, yeah. yeah, I understand. Yeah, you look at it and you're like, something on this card is going to g- generate unbelievable value here, right? And everything you look at it, you're just kind of like, okay, some things you're, you're going to get incremental value on everything you do. But it's not going to be like the sliding scale doesn't go from one to ten immediately. You go from like, one to three or one to five and nothing really wows you but i mean like hitting your own model is not a particularly exciting action like saying i'm going to punch this model for one doesn't sound great but when you're charging a model moving six hitting it moving it three deja vuing to filter a bunch of cards like that one action has a lot of value in it it's just the value's not skyrocketing like you're not shooting something for four irreducible like she's just not flashy you're not you're not taking a walk with your dog and then teleporting 10 inches forward right you're not shooting me with a gun ignoring my armor and then throwing me halfway across the board yeah you're 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 not you know doing study of anatomy making one of your models you know move five inches gain shielded two and focus yeah absolutely and like you really have to nickel and dime your value with molly but when you're doing it and things are working well, when you're seeing those low crows to attack your own models, when you're using whispers to set up draw instead of card filtering, like she can do a lot of stuff in a turn and she can filter a hand to where you have three, four severes in it and you still have seven cards. Sure. So I think there's a few key takeaways that I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get from, from this conversation today. Um, one, I am not convinced she's competitive, but two, I am convinced to at least play her some more. Um, and three, the final bit I think is probably the most important thing we're going to take out of this is that player skill trumps model power like 90% of the time. Oh yeah. The, the vast majority of the time, uh, 
really good players, and I'm not saying I'm really good players, but good players will take a model that you look at it and you just have question marks above your head, and they're going mm-hmm. to do something with it where you're like, wow, that was really good. And yeah, yeah. that is the kind of stuff that I like to. Like, I'm, I'm not going to tell you that she's like competitive or ultra competitive or anything like that. I think that there's a lot of problems with Molly too. Sure. But I do think she can compete. Right. And like, admittedly, like the, the couple of times I've played her, I did have fun with her. Um, it's just being as competitive a player as I tend to be. Like, you're going to just notice those, those gaps, those chinks in the armor. We're like, well, man, you know, if this was like this and, you know, if like this was like this, you know, or like my, my biggest like hiccup there was just constantly comparing parade route to study of anatomy. Um, you know, I had the exact same response because I was spamming Stuck 2. Mm-hmm. And then I got the Molly 2 model and I was like, you're just a, a worse Stuck 2. Like, she's just, she seemed less flexible to me. Sure. Than, Which, than, I mean, that's not, it's not entirely fair. Right. But it's an easy initial. Different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's an easy, like, initial reaction and comparison because, like, those two actions specifically are fairly similar in a very generic sort of stance. Yeah. Um, though the context and the usability of them can vary greatly. Um, oh yeah. Absolutely. Ultimately. Yeah. But ultimately, um, I do think Molly two is a fun model to play. I mean, I um, love this model. Uh, <laughs> it's got Molly a itself on a is stick. gorgeous. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like the, I love like I put this model together and like I threw it on a little dock because I wanted to like kind of like fit my theming for my nightmare box. I'm like this model's so cool. Yeah. I'm like and I, like I was sitting there like praising weird because like man I'm like they, I'm like I hate models that are on one foot but they gave her this big old thing of like intestines Gore, on yeah. her foot so that she, so she's got a big old knife contact piece. She's got this bit hanging off her other foot so I can put some ter- like a little bit on my on my base so I can attach that to the base too mm-hmm. so I have another contact point. I'm like, I'm like this is a well designed model that's on one foot like like I want nothing more than to love Molly too. Yeah, Despite I mean... all my complaints all my <laughs> bitching, the number of time I've gotten on my soapbox and cried about this model, I want nothing more than to love it. And you know I would love, love to see this model get touched a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said if, if she ignored concealing and I don't think they really need to change a whole lot on her to make her better. They just need to open up her actions a little bit more. Sure. Like the, and I understand that they want everything to revolve around the forgotten because she's supposed to be leading them in a parade, but like positive reinforcement, how many actions do you see that can only target a specific keyword and only once per activation? Sure. Sure. Honestly, though, like I think, I think the biggest the biggest problem that Weird probably has to solve, just with Forgotten in general, is the fact that most people don't bring Forgotten models when they play it. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm knowledgeable enough to, you know, make the calls necessary to to solve yeah. that. Um, but I I feel like they are all so very much like on that cusp, like they're just like a like a smidgen away from being super special. I think so too. And it's, it's such a cool idea for accrue ability to use the card resources in your hand for other things than just cheating and getting mm-hmm. value off of just discarding them from your hand. Sure, um, sure. The downside to that is what you just said that like, it's really hard to let go of resources to get 
effects that you're like, this doesn't feel great. Like, sure. like the uh, Rogue Necromancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting Poison 2, while that is essentially giving him end of turn regen, is mm-hmm. it worth a card? Right. And I think that that's what I'm like. If, if these abilities, and like you said, if Molly 2 had a reliable way to draw cards, not just mm-hmm. filter, but just straight up draw cards like Molly 1 does, I think that she would become more playable. Sure. But as it is, if you're using the cards, and she just turns the fading up to 10 when I already think it's an ability that I don't use a whole lot. Right. But man, if if that heal could target non-forgotten. I mean, just... then people then people would just want to bring non-forgotten models even more. That's true. But like So like again, like that that's where my 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 mind goes like I'm not smart enough to solve this. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is one of those things where you can't solve one end without affecting the other. Mm-hmm. Like if you open her keyword, her card up so that she can target non-forgotten, like you said, you'll just never see forgotten. Right. Or just maybe that she can target the same model more than once. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Like, um, or an ability on the card that's like, if this model targeted a forgotten, it can be used multiple times a turn, something mm-hmm. like that. Or, or it incentivizes. Or how about uh, friendly forgotten only model may discard a card to target a non-forgotten model. I mean, that would be an interesting thing because it would allow her to get off her fading a lot more. Yep. But at the same time, it just sort of plays into, like, that's even more resource management. Yeah. You're losing more cards. Like, it's... it it Like, darn it, Forgotten is such a weird, weird, like, seesaw balancing act. It really is. I, I, I wish her bonus action was once per activation, you could discard the top card of your library. Mm-hmm. And then you could trigger things like your fadings and stuff by just randomly discarding off the top of your library so that there's a lot of risk reward there. Oh, just make it so in- instead of, you know, cheating off the top, you can you can use it as a source of like discarding from there instead. Yeah, like discarding from the top of your library counts as discarding from your hand for fading abilities. Sure. That would be an interesting thing, but I mean I'm not a game designer. I don't know yeah. what you do to make Molly better. Right, and honestly, like we probably don't have enough time to sit here and like talk about, you know, shopping out the entire keyword. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I am definitely convinced to to give her some more goes. Like I think there's a lot of fun there. I think I think playing her with hanged is is pretty neat in general, just because it gets around the whole. Oh, I hit you for weak. Well, it does no does no damage. Um, and I think I think part of the like, even though like I harp on it because I I enjoy playing in keyword more. I think there's a lot of flexibility and fun that can be had by f- trying to figure out those combos outside of keyword to make what she has work better. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I feel like there are a lot of keys to this. Like, there's a lot of things you can draw from the other reserve factions to try mm-hmm. and make her more powerful. But, sure. again, you're going to end up having Archie and Cruel again and then X models from are uh, resurrectionists that aren't forgotten. And that yeah. feels a lot like Molly Vaughn. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But with, the, with, with all that said though, um, you are a braver person than I to take her to a tournament and solo her like that. And I cannot congratulate you enough on wi- actually winning not only a game, but a whole tournament with this master. Um, a lot of people said it could never be done. Um, so I appreciate you just sort of spitting in their faces and you know 
just making something work for you. Oh, absolutely, man. I will not stop playing this model. I am going <laughs> to play it until I am <laughs> broken down and crying. Uh, but I will continue to spam this model. And I'm going to try and make forgotten work. Like, I, I keep telling myself I'm going to keep playing. I'm going to go all in keyword. Mm-hmm. I just haven't pulled the trigger on that yet. So, but, yeah, well, at, when you're at the point where you're talking like me and Lucius, it sounds like it's about time to end the episode. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, I, got, I got one more, one more thing. Uh, so have, sure. have yeah. you been following along with the new uh, releases and stuff they've had? Is there any of those excite you taking them with Molly? Um, so far, no. Uh, because right now it's just, what, Gwil and the Blood Vessels? Yeah. yeah. Um, none of those are particularly exciting to me. I think Gwil is almost going to be returned exclusive because so much of what he does allows people to count as overhealing when they heal. Yeah. Um, he's got Decay, which is really good, but there's other models with Decay I can get for cheaper if I, for some reason, want Asura. Um, the blood vessels, I think, are really good, but again, I think they're a recur- return specific because of their teleport action. Sure. Um, I wish the one that they did this week, White Eyes. I wish he was a resurrectionist model. <laughs> uh, I think Don't he's you dare. really, really awesome. Uh, it makes me sad that so far the keywords that have been buffed by the returned are nephilim and mimic. <laughs> yeah, like, the two that need them. It, it just kind of feels like Castor is a resurrectionist because Green got spilled on his card and they were like, awesome. I mean, I still think he's better in Rezzers, but... I am. Um, I'm going to be trying him in Neverborn until the cows come home, so... I, I will definitely be putting him on the field because the idea of demon vampire just sounds too cool for me to not try. Sure, oh, sure. Yeah. But uh, I don't think anything they've shown so far really excites me as a Rezzer player, other than the returned keyword in Resurrection. Okay, fair. Yeah. Well, very cool. Uh, thanks, Chris, for coming on. Absolutely. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, maybe we can play some games against you sometime, get the taste of it ourselves. So. Yeah, absolutely. I will. My plan is to start traveling more. I've generally just played yeah. here in the Maryland, Virginia area, but I'm planning to get out to some more tournaments uh, in the coming year. Yeah, Sweet. very cool. Do you play a lot on Vassal? Uh, I have not played on Vassal, no. Well, maybe you and I can learn how to do it. I keep on saying it. I still haven't done it. Eventually, I'm going to learn how to use this thing and play against people. I, yeah, I tell myself that every week, that I'm going to yep. download it and look at it, and then I just find myself painting and assembling. And well, you got, I just, just find myself you got, I find myself taking a walk instead. <laughs> You've got Jim Dyson. He's like the king of uh, Vassal. Yeah, I probably should uh, hit up Jim and ask him for some assistance. Because uh, there's lots of things I want to try, and I just don't always have the time to put it on the table. I get, like, a game in every week, generally. Mm-hmm. And when you're playing Molly 12 times, that's three months of Molly, so... Yep. Definitely. All right, well, awesome. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Well, thank you.